0: So groupthink and committees don't make good decisions. No, you need somebody to make the decision and be right or wrong, and then own that decision. And they're not popular sometimes. Sometimes they're not popular with HR. Sometimes they're not popular with the sales team. But they should always be informed. Informed by the sales team. Informed by HR. Informed by as many smart people as you can get around you to make that decision.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. We are back with Kevin Nolan, CEO of Nolan Painting and partner here at Nolan Consulting Group to highlight another core chapter of his recent publication, Organizational Muscle. And this conversation is all about the practice of planning. As we often say here, discipline is remembering what you want. So what do you want your business to achieve next year? It's time to put those ideas on paper and set intentions. To learn about Organizational Muscle and additional resources mentioned in today's episode, check out the book's website, OrganizationalMuscle.com. Order your copy of the book on Amazon, or if audiobooks are more your style, Organizational Muscle is now available on Audible. Follow at OrgMuscle on Instagram and Facebook for updates, book content, and more. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Kevin Nolan, welcome back to the podcast. How are we doing on this Thursday morning?
0: Great, Molly. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. If Fall is here. You were just saying that you're, you've, saw, you've seen frost outside on the uh, yeah. on the ground. Yes, this
0: was the first frosty morning, so we're going to head into a, a long winter again here. Yes. Um, and actually, to be honest with you, when I think of heading into a long winter, I actually do think about our topic today, which is planning. Um, oh I guess yeah. Because we've been doing it for the last I don't know twenty something years that it's that it's become habitual, right? Like everything becomes habits and routines. Right and uh here
1: comes fall now we start thinking about next year and then when winter hits we're like fully in the planning yeah we've that's been a lot of um the world that our our team is living in you know coaches are all doing annual planning with all the clients we've done several podcasts just on this is the time to be thinking about it so often we know people get to january and say oh i guess we should start thinking about this year and it's too late
0: yeah 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 no 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 You've got to have the instructions for next year already printed. Yeah, it's so it has to be that it has to be that first week of January that you're done with your business plan. Yeah, and that's sort of the way I've always felt. I mean, that's the finish line—is to have it done so you're ready for the new year. And that's the impetuous that I feel now—the urgency, the sense that I have, because I mean, at the end of the day, how, how sexy is planning? Not so much. No, unless you can come up with some strategies about how you're going to do it to make it um and, It'll and the way, fun. At, the end, at the end we go out to a big steakhouse and have dinner or 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 some other treat to make it as sexy as possible <laughs> um, but a lot of people struggle with planning um yeah. and like, we made friends with it so um but made friends as with, say, with as i say in my book um uh, for the first 17 years I did no business planning, none, zero, zilch. Didn't even consider it as a concept. And, um, took, so we did, I think we got, we, I think we came in just short. I tell the story at the last podcast, how we came in just short of a million dollars. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, so anyway, we decided that business planning had to happen. We started to incorporate it into our way of life and, um, now um as as I said before it's a routine um that has really yielded tremendous results for us
1: um, and I, I I mean you would argue that anybody who practices this routine within their own business also tends to see absolutely. you know good good results yeah. um this is of course you know one of the core chapters in your book organizational muscle and we can yeah, talk about short this chapter
0: book. I would say it's only 10 pages um the book basically has a step-by-step a uh, process of how to go through it in a, in a couple month period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a product at the end and I I, I share my 2020 business plan. Um, also all those documents are available on organizationalmuscle.com.
1: Oh fantastic uh,
0: slash docs okay and people could just go there and and see these various document schedules. Uh, swap. Yeah, that
1: that that part of um the book is really helpful. As I as I think you know it's one thing to read about these systems, which is helpful, but then it's also another thing to like see what do they look like in action and well, how can I replicate. Now,
0: that. to some extent, now it's just fill in the blanks, like yeah. fill in the blanks for the new year. I mean, a lot of the worksheets are that way, right? Mm-hmm. Fill in the blanks. What revenue do you plan on doing next? Yeah, it's a
1: tool. It's a tool, and yeah. then you're filling in.
0: Yeah what revenue do you want to do next year? Okay. Well, how much, you know, product do you have to sell? How many people do you need to hire? How much do you plan on spending uh, to get that revenue and things like that? It's just, uh, yeah, at some level, maybe it's a million dollars. I think it's impossible to run a business effectively without a business plan. Mm -hmm. And yet though, a lot of businesses do do it even, you know, I asked them, do you have a business plan? And they say, oh, I had one once or no. And I think that might be the majority answer for most small businesses. But as you know, as Michael Gerber said in the emif most small businesses don't work. Um, they just don't work the way they should, um, which is like provide, you know, a bounty for everybody that's involved in it. Most small businesses are a lot of work. Yeah. Um, And this is one of the ways to at least focus the work so that you're achieving your goals every year.
1: So let's get into the process. Let's kind of walk folks through some of the key points that you share in the book. Um, I think first off is, you know, going back to when you first got into the practice yourself. Sounds like it was right around the time that maybe you were shy of that $1 million mark and you began doing the budgeting process. So this comes hand in hand with the budget for next year.
0: Yeah. So I think that's one of the first things we ask ourselves is what are we going to do next year? You know, we're asking that question in the hallways because we need to feel good about where we're heading. So, and we start to come into an idea about what we're looking to achieve. Um, it's a default. We have tried to, uh, to project 10% revenue growth. Mm-hmm. That's a default number uh, that we would start with. Um, but, But we've rarely actually hit that 10%, like bang on. Um, It's normally been close, uh, but, uh, you know, the years have, particularly the last few years have been um, very up and down uh, with COVID and all that has happened after COVID, you know, not just 2020, but then everything from, um, you know, material shortages to labor shortages and, and all the disruptions that have occurred right um we actually nailed this year pretty pretty right on uh which is really reassuring because as i mentioned in my book most years we've been able to predict pretty closely what we were going to achieve and then achieve it um but the but the last few had been problematic not i had not been able to get the number right through covid and you know, 20 and 21 and 22 were all tough years for predictions, Uh, but 23, we're right where we need it to be. So part
1: of it, isn't it because you, by doing this practice, you know, continuously, you're really dialing in of knowing your business. Like you guys can really kind of be, your predictions are pretty spot on because you've tapped into every department and you're also looking at things pretty closely every month, every week. Yeah, like if you have a
0: hundred people on the street, yeah, feet right on the street. And which is our denomination of how we're going to charge people and make money. Right. Revenue um, cookbook. Yeah. our cookbook. And, and your goal says you need to have one hundred and five. So what are you doing in July? Are you sitting there watching one hundred? No, no, no. You are figuring out how you're going to get one hundred and five. And you go right. extra hard and very intense and you get the number up and you do. And we do. We go intensive to get the number up and we look at that KPI and go. We need to get that number up, whatever it is, if it's phone calls or leads or sales. Mm -hmm. So you're right, there is a lot of that self-fulfilling, you know, gravitate towards the goal, Um, but that didn't always happen. And so I'll, I'll just mention it real quickly. The years that we were wrong, 20, 21, 22, 2008, 2009, The the years that we were wrong because of serious outside environmental factors, recessions and pandemics. By the way, I think we were wrong in 2018 uh, because we had a tough weather year. So uh, it was an outside weather, uh, outside influence.
1: Yeah, things that you cannot control.
0: Yeah, but what we do is we break it down into quarters at that point. So we get through the first quarter and we go, wow, we are way off. Can we catch up? Or should we readjust numbers and make changes in our plan and our budget so we don't spend more than we're, than we thought we were gonna take in, you know, we thought we were gonna take in a higher number Mm -hmm. and we're not gonna hit those numbers. So we need to cut um, some spending. So we use the quarterly planning process to readjust. And in 23, we looked at the quarterly planning planning process and we were like, all good, no changes necessary. We're looking nice. good. Let's just keep let's just keep heading that direction. So that really feels good. It does. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's move past the revenue. Uh so the first thing we do as a team, and the team has expanded for my management team to include my children. Um, because this is my last year of being involved in it. So I really want them to understand and see the process mm-hmm. um, while I still had influence. Um and uh we start with a SWOT analysis. I think it's really important to look at the strengths that you have as a company, pat yourself in the back for a few minutes, but then head to the weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, because you know, they're the things that, they're the unknowns, they're the, they're the opportunities, like it says, they're how you're going to achieve your goals, basically by fixing the weaknesses and taking advantage of the opportunities, and at least having some discussions about the threats. It isn't always possible to mitigate all the threats, but it's a good idea to at least have discussions about what next steps were. I was uh, we had our our SWOT analysis two weeks ago, and then you know somewhere somewhere on the way, I have this idea strike me, and I go cyber. So I sent a text to the group to the group. We've got to add cyber as a threat. I don't know how we miss cyber threats, but they're threats, yeah um. We should have a serious conversation. I keep hearing stories about cyber theft and the company I know had a big problem with their bank. And so we need a better strategy for that. What are we going to wait till we get hit in the head with it? So uh, we're going to at least do some do some more, um, find out, making sure we're doing all the low hanging fruit and looking to see if there's anything else we should be doing. So. And it's
1: really, it's way more impactful to be doing this SWAT with several people in the room because oh, everybody's got different perspectives and everybody sees sees things differently, um, is out um, interacting with different, you know, different employees, with the community differently. So don't just limit the SWOT to yourself and one other person. O- really open it up to a core. Yeah, I would say you
0: can open it to the whole company. I mean, you'd love to hear what somebody thinks is a weakness. That you don't think is yeah. a weakness. Um, sometimes it's something that we have that we're just not executing properly. You know, like uh, somebody said that our pushback system, which is the way we correct uh, estimates when they're not estimated correctly, it's called pushback. That was that that was not a good system, and I, the problem is is the system is not was not being followed. So it just needs it just needs that light shined on it to make sure that the system is followed again. Maybe it needs a tweak. A tweak in yeah. a follow. Like it just needs to be brought up again. What it was once a strength is suddenly become a weakness. Uh oh. Um, yeah, I mean, things are always happening like that. I mean right. things are always falling apart unless you're fixing them. So um that
1: continuous that continuous improvement yeah. component. And so this part of the planning cycle for you all is happening in the fall. So you're early, starting early fall. Early, early fall. fall. So yeah. end of it's September, starting. early October.
0: Yeah. Step one, and uh, stepping back is we do publish a schedule. Uh, we we're doing it on Tuesdays. Um, every Tuesday we meet for uh, whatever required a time from four o'clock on whatever required amount of time is necessary. We'll meet. Um, so you know some meetings are are thirty to forty minutes, or some meetings might be two hours, depending upon what the topic is. Um, but we, you know, we did marketing this past week, and of course we have marketing meetings every week. So how do you change the marketing meeting to a marketing planning
1: meeting?
0: Yeah, you know, so the the agenda is was totally different. Um, it was more about um, budget and spend for the year, bigger picture. Let's not get into weeds on things. Let's talk about how much money we're going to have, when we think we're going to spend it, and you know how that might be spent a little bit so that there can be buckets looked at and we understand we're gonna spend some money on digital ads and we're gonna spend some money on radio next fall. Um, but so that's probably one tomorrow. of the biggest
1: takeaways is um, you know knowing when you're gonna start and then setting setting those meetings into November, into December, the beginning of January so that you know what the intention is around each of these meetings. You have exactly. intention focused on the planning. And you're you're putting discipline around it.
0: Yep. So every Tuesdays we haven't always done it that way. Sometimes we have done it, um, you know, full day sessions, um, and that's fine. Um, you know, John Meyer, my president, he'll be CEO. He will have full run next year. I do intend to be invited back as a chairman next year to the meetings, but I won't have any input on agendas. Um, I'll probably have input in the discussions for sure. Um, uh, but I do intend to pull, pull from that perspective. Um, but there is a structure to follow. Um, and luckily our man, Steve, our CFO, he really is the keeper of everything, um, financial and structural around the business planning. And so he'll continue to be there and he'll, he's the one that walks up in August and says, you know, when are we going to schedule, our business planning for the fourth quarter. And um, let's do that. Let's do that now. You know, let's schedule it now. And then I, I then I can get him to walk away and schedule the meetings while I go off and do other things now. Um, It's like someone
1: needs to own it. Someone needs to own the kickoff of it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So assigning somebody is the way to go. I think it's great to assign a high C person Mm -hmm. who says you're in charge of the agendas. You're in charge of getting the schedule and getting everybody on board. I don't think you want to be, if you're the entrepreneur in the hourglass on that, where you're the one trying to do all that, um, it's best to dish it to somebody who will follow uh, the intentions of the plan and and work, we'll work it through. So yeah, so we'll work all the way through um, and we will uh, do final budgeting at the end, in January, uh, in December. Um, and also we do sales a little bit later um, because the sales team, um, we're trying to figure out what numbers to give them for next year. And it's it's very hard now, three months away to, to predict what numbers we need to give them for the first quarter of next year or the, or the whole year. So-, um, so
1: As part and- of those meetings that you have scheduled out, um- when you you sent me over a copy to me for twenty, you know, going to twenty twenty four, it looks like every department has a meeting scheduled to discuss that. So you've got marketing, you've got HR, field, exactly. um, you yeah. know. Yeah, and
0: then what we do is we do let some folks, uh, we invite some folks into the meeting and let others out. Um, me <laughs> for like Colin, COO. Uh, he didn't need to sit through the marketing meeting i mean we'll give him a high level overview Mm -hmm. during one of the summaries um but he's just as glad to leave um it's not his world he wanted if he wanted to stay he'd be welcome um but yeah we want people in the meeting that need to be there we want it to be a useful meeting we want it to be a quick meeting and we want to move on to the next one so um
1: I have for you, you know, when you involve so many individuals a part of the planning process. Um, how important is agreement on direction?
0: Yeah, so you know, I've been talking a little bit about this, and I'm probably sound like a like a jerk sometimes because I've been saying it at meetings, um, it's not a democracy. Okay. Um, everybody votes and, and the CEO decides. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be that way. Um but having said that, I want it to feel like a democracy. And extensively, I want it to be a democracy with a benevolent dictator. Um, <laughs> yeah, it has to be that way, I think. So so groupthink and committees don't make good decisions. They might influence a decision, but they don't make the decisions that, because there's no accountability. Everybody, oh, we all were wrong, we all were right. No, you need somebody to make the decision and be right or wrong, and then own that decision. And if they're wrong, say, I was wrong making that decision. Next decision, I need to make it right. I need to make a better decision. You just need to have that process. Mm -hmm. And I feel like committees or group think often, um, like it didn't grow our company. The CEO, with the input of smart people, grew our company. And when you have a, a committee that says, "Yo, that's dangerous. If we do that, that's there's a lot of liability involved. And yeah, there could be a lot of liability. Yeah, we shouldn't do that, there's too much liability. And you're like, you talk yourself out of things instead of taking chances and trying things and failing. Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, leaders are allowed to fail. They just have to measure the failure against the risks. But I think that it has to be driven by one person. This is what I'm telling John. This is what I'm telling everybody for when I'm gone. No one, no one really has a doubt that I'm the one making the decision, but when I'm not there and John's in charge, John has, makes a decision. John's the person I'm gonna hold accountable if he can't manage the company over the next five to 10 years, mm-hmm. right? I'm not gonna hold the committee responsible. I'm right. gonna hold John responsible. So John has to know that he is the one making these decisions and they're not popular sometimes. Sometimes they're not popular with HR. Sometimes they're not popular with the sales team. Um, But they should always be informed. Informed by the sales team. Informed by HR. Informed by as many smart people as you can get around you to make that decision.
1: Right. So Uh, not making decisions in a vacuum. Really providing yourself with a lot of context before the decision is made.
0: If you have to call in an outside consultant to coach a friend, um, whatever it takes, but one person makes a decision and is responsible for executing the plan. And if it fails, they need to take responsibility. That's, that's the measure of accountability. So, um, anyway, so I'm glad I got that in before I got out of the company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> that, that's, that clearly is a, it's, it's important to you. I mean, it's, it's been a part of how you've led over the last, you know, 40 years. So obviously uh, full agreement isn't necessary, but yeah. once a decision has been made, buy in certainly
0: is desirable, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly desirable, full agreement. I think you should be trying to convince people constantly if they're- You, if you they're
1: are good necessary. at that. When you when you get on something, you really work, you work all the angles.
0: I just try to convince them yeah. that, that even though they disagree with me, I still think it's a good idea. And then by the way, I, I admit it wrong quick. So if I, I admit I'm wrong quick, I know that. Yeah. But yeah. I know that the, the difference between the way I do things is action versus inaction sometimes. And inaction is death. So yeah. we need action. So um. anyway. Um, it's funny, so Brian yeah, so, and I so, just did
1: a, a podcast, a, a little bit on that, talking about uh, Ryan Holiday's book, um, The Obstacle is the Way, and the Three Components of Perspective, Action, and Will. and. Different people struggle with with one of those three um, that like becomes their barrier, Um and so but action is is really critical to take take a problem okay then move on it.
0: Yeah, well I know you know Elon Musk is such a controversial character, particularly over the last year or two and all those Twitter episodes. Um, but his new book is pretty amazing. Uh, it's not his book; it's Walter Isaacson's book about him. Uh, okay, and I mean. He's obviously like somebody who has done this, all this stuff, action items to a remarkable level. I mean, he literally acts, he's so confident that he literally acts on all of his thoughts. He does take counsel, but not much. And he moves and he literally brings in experts. Um, So it's a remarkable story. I mean, in a matter of years, he became the leading rocket expert in the world from no, no knowledge within a short period of time, Wild. you know, and it's because of the way he absolutely moves the, and it's insane. I mean, it's not, it's yeah. not, it's not healthy, but um, no. there, is, no, there is, there is some balance. To, there's perspective to learn for the, for the leader, which is to uh, take action. Sometimes um, that was some of the perspective I got. And not every single action buying Twitter was a bad action for him, probably, but we'll see. So when taking
1: that action, though, and making that decision and starting to move the ball forward, even though there might not be full agreement on the the decision made, I think what you reiterate in the book um, and you reiterate a lot just, you know, in your culture is that the buy-in, though, the buy-in becomes important because if yes. we're a team that's going to be able to achieve this, not you make the decision, you're pushing the ball forward, but you, Kevin Nolan, cannot do it all by yourself. You need the, your team with you. To, right. to move the ball forward. And so if there's not buy-in, that's where there, there becomes a little bit of an alarm.
0: So I've been like recently, one of, my, one of our action items, which we'll talk about in a minute, but one of the action items for next year I've already been working on, which is we really want to grow our HR team. I want to grow the HR team so it's big enough to handle the company of the future. Uh, rather than, yeah, I've often found in business over these years that I've reacted to things Uh, and whenever I can get ahead of the game, be proactive to things, we we have better success. It's a no brainer, right? But it still happens all the time. So we have two HR people for 130 people. That's, that's, that's a reactive mode because all HR is doing is, uh, is reacting to all the people and issues and problems Mm -hmm. and hiring demands and all the things that we put on it. Yeah. We want to hire a a couple more HR people uh, two to three more so that we can, Build the company to the 300 people that we want, rather than and use the HR team to help us build it. So, anyway, n- not a super popular idea a couple months ago, but I've been pushing it hard, and I'm um, winning converts. And <laughs> um, and I, I have, one by one. I have I have HR, um, I have director of HR on board, um, and they. I mean, I've convinced her that she is going to be the one. Colleen is going to be the one driving this team and building it. I mean, of course, I'm just the one driving the idea. She's going to have to hire the people, talk to them, train them, befriend them. This is her. Yes, you
1: need you need buy-in from her because that she's going to be the one driving the ball forward and.
0: I think, yep. ultimately, if I didn't get buy-in, I would stop. And we would not make it the priority that we're going to make it. Yeah. So, so buy-in. Anyway, a- we, we go through all these meetings. And we inevitably come up with, and we, we look at all of our weaknesses and, stra- and opportunities. And we inevitably are coming up with these big rocks or action items. These are the things that really are what the plan is about. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, from my perspective, because there are things I can work on. They're like projects. Yeah, have they're they're can...
1: a an account, they're a goal you're going after with an owner behind it,
0: yeah. with
1: target dates of completion. Yeah. They're not so alone. like for instance,
0: safety, safety is not a huge big rock this year. Hey, it's a core value, it's super important. Yep. Um, but the last couple of years safety was because we were hiring a safety manager and putting in a whole lot of new safety protocols. Okay. We're Going to be working on safety till the end of our days, but um, we're moving on to Under Big Rocks because we, we've we we're, we're really happy with our safety program and mm-hmm. we'll continue to work it. Uh, but we're going to move on to HR. Um, we also want to revamp our call center. Uh, we also want to hire uh, two salespeople ASAP. We also want to hire another uh, regional operations manager/slash field manager. Um, so we've got and we're calling these big rocks because they are. they're big projects. If we don't if we don't give them timelines, they won't get done. so there, yeah. so if it's to, if it's to be done in the first quarter, like I mean, I'm aware of that now, um'm urgency should be happening around the the place because it's a first quarter goal. um if you miss your goal, you're certainly not happy about it. so. You would obviously reforecast to the second quarter, um, but you would um, be careful not to let that slip. Things like that. So.
1: And so you so you've done your SWAT. You're identifying your big rocks action items for the year. Um, you're also revisiting, you know, checking in on your mission and your values, to, just to yes. make sure that everything is still aligned with what is currently in place. Um, you're establishing your KPIs that you want to track. For
0: next, which year. will end up being uh the pay for performance goals for the whole team. I mean, we you know, I have pay for performance goals based on the revenue and the profit and the feet of the street and the marketing. And um, uh, you know, the the vice president of sales, Jim, he has um, you know, he his pay for performance is based on the sales goals of his team. And so Uh, everybody has a different KPI that they're watching. You know, I have Mm -hmm. a resource manager who's going to have to watch material costs and we have HR who are focusing on feet on the street goals and how many people we have hired and, and marketing is focused on how many leads, you know, I have all this up on the big board that we show in a transparent fashion. I have examples of it in, um, in my book as well. And, um, on uh, orgmuscle.com um, and you can uh you know yeah you're, you're basically using these numbers that's why it's so important to get them right because you're using these numbers to drive the company and to drive behaviors of individuals who are chasing these individual numbers mm-hmm. um, if you get it right and if you get it right it's a beautiful thing I and mean, the company kind of runs itself if you get it wrong you have to fix it at the next quarter so the next quarterly meeting, you have to fix whatever you had wrong. And that was, was one thinking- of the things
1: I was going to ask you is how often you, you know, once you have your plan in place, uh, how often are you revisiting it and looking at it and maybe making changes or adjusting if necessary?
0: So we, when we finish the the plan, the, the next step would be to schedule the quarterly meetings for the year and at least put them in the calendar and then uh, if you have to move them as you get closer to the dates because of conflicts, you do. But get those four quarterly meetings scheduled um, and do that before the quarter ends. So, you know, just before the month of June ends, I don't know, June 20th, June, we're getting a sense of how June is going to figure in and how it's going to happen. Because we want to make changes to the first quarter, which is July 1st, second quarter, which is July third quarter, which is July 1st, mm-hmm. uh, we need to do that. We have 10 days to make changes. So um, if we have to change quotas or numbers because they're perceived to be unfair because of outside influences, as I mentioned, um, companies profitable on track, but you know we, we've got to make a change because that things... For instance, this year, we did not hit our feet on the street goals, but we were able to implement uh, two price increases. And so we were hitting our revenue targets while missing our feet on the street goals. Um, yeah, not a terrible thing. Um, so we just lowered our feet on the street goals a little bit um, to give us a more realistic target since we had a higher revenue per hour. Um, so
1: all of these planning activities that you were doing, um, you know, of course, are very much along within the cascading planning cycle. Yes. Um, that's the that's the the pro, the planning process that you um, all operate to, as well as you know, like consulting. So when groups. we say
0: cascading, um, what we mean is that things are constantly flowing to the next place and, yes. and they're flowing down. So cascading involves uh, communication. That was one of the first terms we used. Let's cascade communication. That's actually like a military term. Mm-hmm. Let's cascade the communication down. Okay, so that's what we're doing here. But also the planning process is done, like you know, the quarterly breakdowns. That's all cascading, but we're gonna cascade the information down. So one of the last things I do, and and I was talking to Brian about this, about first thing, last thing. I mean, you have a general vision of what you want for next year and the next three years. But um, we talk it out through the planning process.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: talk all that out. Then one of the last things I do before the end of the year is write a, a new vision, a one-year and a three-year vision. Um, and we we share the one-year. Sometimes we share the three-year with everybody. But... It's usually more than most people can handle. So we stick with the one year and we share that one page vision. And the reason I write it last is because it's really becoming clear now. All the planning starts to happen. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And this is going to happen. And so I literally can write a one page vision of the year. And it's like the primary aim. It's like I'm writing a letter in the future and I'm saying, this is what happened this year. So I pick a date. I usually pick the, the date of late December and say, this is what happened this year. And that's our vision for the next year, right? That's the vision for the year ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I just said, well, what just happened in the year ahead? And uh, yeah, like this year, it was amazing how close we got. Once again, past the three three years there in a row, pretty wacky. No one could have predicted COVID. In my yeah. book, I have what I consider to be our, our master business plan. The business plan for 2020 was, I thought, one of our best, most exciting business plans that we ever had. And we were really going to grow. We were going to hit 15 million, which we think we're going to do now, like four years later. So mm-hmm. uh, we think we're going to hit 24. We're going to hit 15 million. But we thought we were gonna hit in 2020 because we were on a growth and I had field managers and I had salespeople. Um anyway, um you know forget what happened in 2020. The plan was a good plan. Um and, and the, um, the
1: impact of sharing that that one page vision and, and yeah. the plan, because don't you also share the one page um cascading yes. plan summary as well so that you know that yeah. identifies so the one page
0: business plan is is actually sent to all the employees and it has um you know it has a breakdown of our mission statement it has a, on the one side has our mission statement has all of the KPIs you know what we expect to do gross profit what we expect to do net profit what we expect to do revenue what we expect our direct labor costs to be it just has it listed like um it's on the it's on the website it has it listed like a scorecard on one page If you, you know, you see the coaches hold one page with their whole game plan, it's a one-page game plan. Yes. We're trying to hit certain targets here. And we explain to people like that direct labor has to be 35%. I've talked about that in other podcasts. Mm -hmm. We have that published. We talk about it so they understand it. Um, And then on the flip side is the vision, the one-page vision. And so we've got rituals around that. You know, we're going to read that late December to the whole company from the previous year, once again, to see how we did. So I read that out. Mm -hmm. I'm accountable. This is what I told you last year. What happened?
1: (laughs) Where are we now?
0: Then I have to get, then I finish it and go, well, this happened and that happened and I didn't expect that to happen. And I was right about this, but I was wrong about that. That's the accountability piece. Yep. Okay. And um, then the next month, January, Already we'll have written the new vision and we'll read that out loud at a company meeting. And we'll give everybody a copy of that one page business plan. So that'll have the vision for the new year and all those KPIs that we're looking to get for the new year. Um, And that's emailed to everybody. There's printed copies as well. um, And we share it. There is a more detailed document, um, literally like, probably close to, to 18 or 20 pages that Steve keeps that we would share with a, with a smaller group of people. Um, that 18 to 20 pages, it's got a lot of material in there. It, some of it is just um, reference, like what our growth rates have been over the years. Mm-hmm. Really, we have listed every year from 2000 to, to 2023, we'll have listed how, what volume we did and what profit we did. So we just list that in the, in the business plan as a source of reference. Um, But it also will have individual pay-for-performance programs. So some of the stuff I mentioned before, we will document in the business plan. So that way, um, you know it was written what your pay-for-performance plan is for the year. That's in the business plan. If we change it, it'll be changed in the business plan. And if you're affected, you'll be getting a copy of that. Um, But that's not for everybody to see. I mean, I don't need the field people to be seeing how the sales are being paid or what they get when they hit certain targets and things like that. So there's transparency and there's privacy, and we keep the two separate. Well,
1: and I think the impact of that transparency of the one-page plan and of the one-year vision, that is the ultimate cascading of information that is is giving every employee a vision a line or a line of sight to the vision right that's the whole goal of the cascading it's powerful
0: it's i mean i'm convinced it's the only way to run a company i don't know how you get 120 150 300 people on the same page unless you give them the page you know
1: Like, what are we doing? What yeah. th- What is expected of me? But, what it's, but what's expected of me is, is going towards what? Like, what's the greater goal here?
0: Yeah, maybe how can I have an opportunity in that plan? Yeah. Where can I be successful in this company? Wow, they're growing. They need salespeople. They need this. They need field leaders. They need managers. They need job leaders. Um, they're buying equipment. I want to be here. There's growth happening. So, yeah. So you know, it can be exciting, and it can—it's how it's what we occupy our minds here as the days get shorter and we head into what is otherwise, you know, can be a little bit of a depressing time of the year. I know we we enjoy the holidays, but they're never easy in our business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a tough time of year for us as we slow down, or revenue numbers get smaller, um, and uh, we use business planning. During that time period, to um, keep our spirits up, keep our optimism high, um, to put things in perspective, to remind ourselves that, you know, next um, next June we're going to be doing you know super big numbers and revenue, and we need to build and plan for that. You know, as I mentioned to you before the call, you know, we're not right. We're not planning for November of 2023. We already did that. So we have marketing in place. Um, we have the, a nice, healthy marketing spend that's happening right now, all lined up to help us deal with November, December, the winter of 23, 24. We're dealing with, we're right now thinking about the year 2024 and how we're going to impact 2024 and make it the biggest year ever, the most profitable year ever, um um and a year that um loses one ceo and gets another so big year yeah big year for the company to be prepared for so well it just shows uh, that
1: the planning provides an opportunity for success in the following year and to achieve what you all want to achieve at those different month milestones in 2024 requires thinking now requires action now it's not action then, in the moment and then writing it down
0: yes because writing it down is the dynamic change because before that it's just jibber jabber and you and then if you don't write it who down. Who can translate
1: remember, jibber jabber? No one can translate that. Yeah, and
0: you don't even remember what you said or who right. said it or you didn't say that. I said that. And so write stuff down. The plan is a written document. Um and it's got to be done by um the end of this year, the one for next year has to be done. And you make um planned um changes along the way. Um I think I said something that it it, it um It never becomes irrelevant because it's constantly reviewed. Um, It's never dusty because it's constantly observed and looked at. It's a living document. Yeah, yeah. And it's a game changer for businesses, and it changed our business. Um, And, um, yeah, we really became friends with it. So I hope that the people on the call get it. Um, Visit org – so that I have a shorter address. So it's organizationalmuscle.com, or you can go to orgmuscle.com. Dot com. And then to see some of these documents, you go to orgmuscle.com slash docs.
1: Orgmuscle.com slash docs.
0: Yeah. And a lot of these planning documents are there. Um, and of course, um, Nolan Consulting Group has uh, tremendous resources and materials Um not yes, these, you can those. certainly
1: learn about um, more about the cascading planning cycle on the Nolan um, Consulting Group website, which is nolancg.com. Uh, we do share, um, give an opportunity to download you know some documents um, from from that webpage. So there's a lot of resources out there between Nolan Consulting Group and Org Muscle. pick up the book. I mean, the book is great. It really gives you a, it's, it's a playbook essentially. It's what you, you've created for people from your own experience. Um and I know the book obviously is available on Amazon. People have been picking it up. I've seen it in people's hands. I have a copy of my own. Uh, I know you've been doing um, the the voice recordings for Audible, which, if it's not out by now, will be out momentarily. So if audio is your you know prefer preferential choice for listening to books, uh, it's coming to you in the next couple of days.
0: Should be out today or tomorrow. All right. No. Yes.
1: Well, good stuff, well, Kev. Thanks, Molly. I
0: appreciate it. Yeah,
1: well, it's of course. Fun.
0: It's always fun talking to you. Uh, you're not back yet, but when you come back, welcome to the United States.
1: Thank you. Yeah, still recording uh, from a, from abroad at the moment. Uh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, okay. You and I have a couple more chapters that we'll hit, so we're not quite done on the org muscle train. Um, so we'll we'll get make sure to get those uh, those recorded over the next couple of months. Okay. And uh, till next time, Kev. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.